Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. In today's episode, Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals joins us, as he does once a week during the season. Ken and I will talk about Vanderbilt's 24-21 win over Colorado State on Saturday. And with that, let's get right to Ken. Ken Seals is with us now. Ken, huge night for you guys in Fort Collins. You get your first win as a college quarterback. What was that like? Man, you know, I've had to try and describe it a couple times, and I don't know if I've been able to put it into words correctly yet. It was... It was really a really special night. Um, the way it happened, it was a full team effort, like not just the offense, not just the defense. Both sides of the ball had to step up and make plays, and in the end, special teams won it, won the whole game for us. It was just like, you know, everything that happened the week before, it felt like this game couldn't have been easy in the beginning. It couldn't have just been like we had it all the way through, like, I think we had to be down early and had the momentum against us early so that we could really accept the lesson and learn to fight back. And so I think that's exactly what we did. And it just made it that much sweeter for us, the fact that we applied everything that we had been talking about and learning. And we were able really to just show everyone everything that we had prepared for and worked for. And uh, it all came out on the field. And, of course, like details and execution and performance and stuff, that's all being fixed. And there's certainly, certainly a lot of areas to, to work on and clean up. But, I mean, to to have to correct something after a win is, is a lot better feeling. And that being the first and uh, planning on there being many others for me. But, you know, I'm never going to forget that first one. And it, it was it was really amazing. I, I had a great time out there with my teammates. What was different about this week from the practice leading up to the game to the game itself? Um, nothing was different. I think um, we understood the assignment a little bit better this week. You know, um, you know, I don't want to keep bringing up uh, the week before, but I think uh, we had the attitude that, you know, as disappointing as it was uh, that we were that week, that we didn't get the outcome we wanted, we still had the attitude that we were going to fight and we just threw the scoreboard out of the stadium. And, you know, all we were worried about was performing our game. And I fell into a little bit of a rhythm there. Um, obviously couldn't. One thing that we're talking about is offense is like when we have them right there in the opportunity to put them away, we need to, whether that be, you know, going up, you know, two possessions by getting a field goal, going up 24 to 14, uh, whenever we had the opportunity, um, just putting that final, like, nailing the coffin on them because they were ready to quit. They wanted to quit. They wanted the game to be over and they didn't want to keep trying, but you know, we, we got the outcome we wanted, but it, it easily could have been the other way. And we realized that. So, um, but I think, you know, the attitude of, of the guys, especially on the sideline in the locker room, like even though we were down early, not giving up and still having the same fight that we've had really all summer and all spring and all fall camp. Uh, because we've brought it every day. And th that's one thing that has been so amazing about uh, Coach Lee and this the new staff is the demand, the standard to bring the positive energy to the team. 
And we've, you know, for the most part, been meeting that standard. And it didn't show up against East Tennessee State, but it showed up for Colorado State. And I think we're all happy with uh, the outcome that that brought. And so it's um, it's a new standard for the team. And even last week, uh, I talked about, you know, like the first practice of fall camp was dead. Like we we got chewed into by Coach Lee just because it was not up to standard for his vision of Vanderbilt football um, and other things, too. When it comes to setting new standards, we struggle to meet those um, on the first go around. Um, and I think that's a direct reflection to what happened on September 4th is, you know, it was our first time going out as team one. And we had still had a lot to learn about ourselves and about facing adversity. And I think all those lessons were able to be applied uh, on September 11th. And uh, it was it was a great feeling. Uh, it was it was a feeling of uh, joy, satisfaction, um, seeing all of the work come together uh, for, you know, an outcome like that. I've played in 11 football games now, and uh, to leave away uh, with a victory, uh, it was it was really sweet. And it's an I'll say it's an addictive feeling, and I want it back. Was there anything that you can point to as a turning point in the game? Yeah, I've got, I've listened to Coach Lee talk about it. Uh, he talks about the um, the missed field goal that they had. Uh, whenever you know, it felt like their offense like jumped out at us and kind of punched us in the mouth. And uh, they were they got on top of us quick and uh, quickly went up 14 nothing. And um, our defense kind of like, you know, as they were falling back, kind of stuck their foot in the ground and started pushing back. And uh, they missed the field goal. Um, got We got a little bit of momentum and go right before going into halftime uh, is whenever we kind of hit our rhythm and went and drove down the field and uh, put one in the end zone. And going into halftime, only down seven. After just having that great drive that we did, everyone was kind of like, all right, like, let's go, you know? And I can only imagine what, you know, Colorado State's thinking in their locker room. Imagine, you know, you should be up, really. They should have been up more than 14 nothing. Um, but our defense was able to stop them. And, you know, our defense came to play and they started performing. Um, but they're like, holy smokes, like, this wasn't supposed to happen. Kind of the same feeling we had the week before. Like, they, they probably expected us to just lay down and be like, oh, these dudes lost to East Tennessee State last week by however many points. It's like, oh, okay, this will just be a fun time out there on the football field. And that is not what our intentions were for them at all. You know, we had, we had very violent intentions, and I think that came out for our team until the final whistle, and it never stopped no matter what the scoreboard said or what the circumstances were. And I think, you know, the guys just kept fighting, and I think that's the standard uh, for Vanderbilt football now, and we're going to see that every week. There was an incident a couple of minutes before halftime where Trey McBride, their tight end catches the ball, goes out of bounds on your sideline, and looked like he was trash-talking to your sideline and, and might have even mm -hmm. shoved Justin Harris. I could not tell from TV. What was that moment like? Was that a little something that perhaps got you fired up? Because to me, it seemed like the team's energy was different going forward. Now, I saw it from TV, Ken, so I'm not yeah. there. I'm not on the sidelines. I don't know if it played out differently, and I'm making it out to be a bigger deal than it was, but I would like to hear your interpretation of all that. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's one thing we talk about, like, don't give energy to the other guys. Like, if anything, whatever energy you have, give it back to your teammates. 
And I think that guy uh, needed to learn that lesson. And he obviously didn't. And, you know, I wasn't there at the time. I wasn't on the sidelines. I was probably, you know, talking to coach or going over, you know, adjustments for the next drive or whatever. Um, but I definitely remember whenever that happened. And um, guys, it, it felt like it got like like a little chip on their shoulder, you know, like and it, it got competitive. And I, I think you're right. Um, I think guys saw that and was like almost made it a little personal. Um, but, you know, I think whenever the defense came to play, like there was nothing that that offense could get going um, whenever we were sound with our technique. And, you know, we, we talked about as a team, we looked at a couple clips uh, when we were sound, when we weren't. And, you know, it was, it was obvious, like when we were doing what we were coached and what we knew how to do, then everything went exactly how we wanted it to. And we were controlling the game and that's exactly what needs to happen. And, you know, it's on us. We don't, we're as, you know, as energized as that may have gotten us, uh, that's not what we need to rely on uh, for our energy. We bring our own energy. And I think the um, the atmosphere of the game, too, had a lot to do with it. That was, like, one of the coolest atmospheres I've ever gotten to play in. They had the, the, the student section there, the crowd behind us was going nuts the entire game. And they were loud, and they were, like, throwing watered-up towels at us, and one of them hit our own line coach. And uh, they had the strobing lights. They shut all the lights off in the fourth quarter. Like, it was just, like, a really cool atmosphere to play football in. And uh, I think that gave us energy, too, just feeling like intruders or like enemies of the bad guys. So it's um, it was uh, it was really cool. I think there was a, a combination of a lot of things that came into play uh, for us, whether the, the stadium, the atmosphere, uh, that you know, penalty on the sidelines um, and different things. The lesson that we learned the week before, the week of preparation, what we knew we had to do, um, it just it just all felt right and it came together and you know, there's no panic. There's never any panic about what was going on, what we were doing. You know, a lot of times as a, you know, as a fan watching, you know, we're, we're taught to not have, you know, a fan's attitude or a fan's mindset. Whenever we watch the game, we're, we know what the outcome is going to be. We know what our preparation is going to lead to and the performance that it's going to have. So, there was no panic at any point during the game. We remained like level headed. Um, whenever we talk about how the momentum's against us, we say head body, head body. So we're just accumulating those body shots against them. And eventually it turned the momentum in our favor. And whenever we got that momentum, we took the lead, uh, should have put them away whenever we had the chance, but you know, I'm going in circles now, but you know, we got, we got, we ended up getting what we wanted out of it and it was a whole team win. And that was amazing. Ken, Chris Pierce made one of the more incredible catches I've ever seen at any level of football. Talk about that play and about him. You know, all night I was just thinking, like, just give your guys a chance. Like, you know, whether, you know, maybe the high altitude, the ball was flying a little bit better. Probably not, but I'd like to think so. Um, but, it was, you know, I was just too many times just putting them too far over the guy, not giving him a chance. It's just a long foul ball, as you know, Coach Lynch likes to say. And I was just like, CP is your guy. Like, go let him make a play for you. Like, give him a chance. And so that's that's all I was thinking about. I was like, all right, just put it in the area. Give him a chance. And by no means was it a good ball or even a half-decent ball. It was a terrible ball. But, you know, what the good things happen whenever you give guys a chance, and especially guys like him. 
And oh my gosh, like I knew, I knew like he's capable of stuff like that. But um, I remember like whenever they, the ref started like waving his hands, you know, to stop the clock whenever he caught it. I was like, no way. I was like, that was insane. I was, I was very impressed. And, you know, he's going to act like he's been there before because, you know, he has, he has circus catches all the time, but you know, CP, the thing about him, man, is he expects himself to do it. So uh, he's a playmaker. And um, yeah, I, I just got to give him a chance. What was it like in the locker room afterwards and on the plane ride home? It was, the locker room was very fun. <laughs> it was a very fun atmosphere in the locker room. Um, guys were just, you know, embracing each other, uh, jumping around. Just, it, it was really just a good, like, a good time. The the point we actually stayed the night in uh, Fort Collins, and uh, flew out the the next morning like eight or nine o'clock uh, just to try and get as much sleep as we could. We didn't want to shoot ourselves in the foot for the entire rest of the week getting back at like five in the morning or something stupid. Uh, so we we stayed the night there and uh, tried to get what sleep we could um, as late as it was already, and uh, flew out the next morning. But the plane trip it was just like. You're, you're allowed to laugh, talk about the game, like have a good time, like mess around with each other. It's just, you know, such a better feeling than like the solemn quietness of like having to travel back home after not getting the outcome that you wanted. So uh, it was, it's just like a, just a happy, like good to be around feeling right now. And that's, that's the addictive part that I already talked about that, you know, you got it once, like I need to have it again. Like, you, you, you have the confidence now. Like, you know you can do it. You've just done it. There's no there's not that monkey on your back, that dark cloud looming around you anymore. Like, it's gone. Like, you've done it. Now, just take it to the next step. Like, do it again. Like, put a whole game together. Don't just have, like, a good second and third quarter, you know? Talking, I'm talking about my own performance. Um, put a whole game together. And now, now see what happens. And now see what it feels like. So... I think that's the next step, uh, me personally, I have to take, but uh, getting off track a little bit, you know, it, it was great. It was it was absolutely awesome to be around. And it's, you know, really just a great feeling to be in the building right now. It's um, it's fun to be around the program. Everyone's excited and um, everyone knows that this is just one stop on the way up for us. And we got a lot more to prove and a lot more to go and uh, uh, obviously a lot more work to do. And I think we're all excited about the work because we know, for one thing, it's going to pay off. All right. The next several questions are from the mailbag, so I'm going to go there now. That okay. is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at 615-846-6200 to see what your rights are and if they can help. Ann Arbordor asks, how do you feel you improved your game from game one to game two, and what area do you want to improve on for Stanford? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, I pretty much felt like from game one to game two, I, 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 it was confidence for me. I think I had to show myself that I could still do it, like – you know, it, last year seems like it was so long ago, last season I'm talking about. And he, I forget the feeling of what it was like to be successful out there on the college field. And f honestly, for me, I probably went into the first game a little bit uh, cocky, uh, arrogant. Uh, probably thought that 
oh, like I've, you know, had better performances against teams twice as good as these guys, you know, and these, you know, this is just going to be, you know, a, you know, a day in the backyard, like playing football. And that's not at all what it was. And uh, my uh, approach to the game was different. Um, it was, it wasn't uh, anything like, uh, it, it just, it just wasn't there. It wasn't me. It, and I think that's what it all comes down to. Um, and the, the emphasis for me on this next game was, you know, ask, uh, I was talking and praying to God a lot, um, just giving me confidence, uh, take the glory. Um, I really had to come back to him for a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I was going through during the week, um, because it was hard. It was, it was really hard, uh, to feel that much disappointment, um, after all the work that we had done all summer and leading up to the game. And, um, it, I, I kind of got away from him a little bit, uh, in week one, uh, just because I felt like I did, I could do it on my own and I didn't you know, need to pray about this one. I was like, all right, God, I, I got this one. Don't worry. Uh, but I was quickly humbled. And, um, I think, uh, I didn't want to learn that lesson twice. So, I, uh, it, it took me a while. It took me a while to get settled in. Uh, I had to calm my feet down. Uh, I had to keep my eyes up off the rush and uh, on the defense. Um, I think that helped with protecting the ball this time. Um, one thing I need to do better next game, uh, learn to stay in the pocket, step up in the pocket for sure. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll see ghosts out there and just start kind of running from nothing. And it, and it looks bad on my own line. It looks like they're cutting the guy loose, but really it's, it's a great pocket. I just need to step up into it, uh, give them a better chance, uh, better angles to block their guys. Um, but we need to start fast in those off as an offense too. And that's on me to not come off, uh, out of the locker room slow. And there's different things that I can do, um, for that, whether that be, uh, getting warm, uh, working on my pregame routine, uh, breathing techniques, like make sure that, you know, I'm calming my heart rate down and I'm not overly uh, nervous or excited even, um, because a lot of times that can lead to almost look like the exact same thing, nervous and excitement. Um, so, uh, there's, there's a couple things that changed for me. Um, but I think having, uh, the ability to look at the film, uh, without being, uh, is disappointed and being able to learn from everything that I did wrong and I want to correct. Um, it's a lot better feeling and uh, I'm really excited uh, to get back out in the field and, uh, feel really good about where we are as a team and, um, mentally, uh, where we're going. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. 
His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. Door King wants to know if the game is slowing down for you and what caused the improvement in performance in the second half. Uh, I, I visually watched the game. Good question again. Uh, I visually watched the game slow down for me uh, after the first couple drives. Um, and for me, that's all in my eye discipline. And looking at, you know, we call it the shell, the uh, boundary corner, boundary safety, field safety, field overhang, um, looking at the shell and seeing where guys are positioned out on the field and um, knowing who I'm throwing off of. It sounds so simple, but whenever you're like, you walk up to the line, like, okay, pre-snap, what coverage are they in? Boom, this. Okay, what play do we have right now? This play. All right, so who are you reading in this coverage? This guy. Boom. Ball snapped. Post-snap, they roll. A lot of times they're rolling into cover one or some sort of man. Um, so, boom, they rolled the cover one. Now what's your cover one answer? And it's just like slowing the game down in steps like that. Um, and it happened for me. Um, I think specifically I felt it on the two-minute drive. Um, you know, I could have very easily been disappointed. I already had a fumble that got turned over, um, which you know, obviously was disappointing but not discouraging. Uh, it didn't discourage me at all. Um, came back out uh, for that drive right before going into halftime and was just, all right, put the ball in play. Let the guys that are athletes that can make plays for you, get them in space with the ball. And that's what all that was all I was worried about. And we marched it right down the field. I ended up throwing a little inside release go to CP for a touchdown. And um, that after the touchdown, because like, I, I didn't throw a touchdown at all last week, you know. So after the touchdown, I was like, boom, like, you did it. Like, you can do this. And so uh, one thing led to another, and I was just like, all right, keep taking care of the ball. Keep putting the ball in play. Uh, be disciplined with your eyes. Don't take your eyes down and look at the rush. Trust the pocket. Step up uh, and make the throw. And that's all I had to do. And even there was times when there might have been, you know, a looper getting through or they're bringing someone off the edge that you know, I didn't see and didn't change the protection to pick it up. Um, even though there was guys coming, probably more pressure than what I was already facing, uh, I was standing in there making throws, uh, completing it, whether that be downfield or short. And it, it, it just felt good. Like It just felt like, not the entire time, but at times it was like clean, good football. Just here's your read, boom, they did this, boom, balls out, catch, five yards it's like the the five yard catch and run all the way down the field is like the best feeling as a quarterback just absolutely just picking them apart like boom 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 and like surgically moving your way down the field and then in their red zone executing keeping the ball safe um not forcing any throws you know i i think back to the two minute drive on second and three whenever we ran a play uh they ran a good defense against it brought pressure um, not forcing the ball when I got pressure in the red zone, just throwing it away. And the very next play on third down, uh, throw a touchdown. And I think that's, that is the learning goal and point that I've been trying to hit home for me for so long. And it, it felt good. And it's not perfect. Uh, just because I did it once doesn't mean that I can't go back and make a mistake again. I got to continue to having that emphasis 
um, to continually be perfect down there and uh, make sure that I'm going through my processes and doing my, you know, like Coach says, my 111. They had a couple of defensive linemen in Patchen and McBride who didn't exactly make it easy for you either, did they? No, there were there were some big guys, and we knew going into it that um, they were they were good. Um, they had like a couple like all conference uh, uh, all conference D linemen or whatever, but you know that's the thing too. Like at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter like who's up front. Like if we're playing Georgia, if we're playing Colorado State, like that doesn't change anything about what I should do. Maybe, you know, if I want to slide the protection to a guy that I feel like is a better rusher than another, like maybe I'll do that. But after the ball snap, it's the exact same, no matter who I'm playing, I got to react to pressure. I can't anticipate or try and guess, you know, or look at it. It's like, Oh, did we pick him up? You know, like my ass got to be downfield. And but yeah, I mean those guys they're they're good players too, and I got to give them credit because uh, they did play good games. Um, but you know when it comes to my execution, like can't worry about that, you know. The next one is from Vandy thirty six. What did you see in the first half from Colorado State that you were able to exploit due a due to adjustments in the second half? Yeah, um, without going too much into our game plan, uh, they felt like that they could press us and go man on the outside. And, you know, one of their corners was five foot nine and CP is six, four. And, uh, we liked that matchup. So, uh, there was definitely some times when we liked, uh, we liked those matchups and I was throwing them. And like I said, I got to give them a chance Too far too many of them, uh, were not good passes or even catchable, um, for my guys. And I got to do a better job of that. Um, but if we feel like we got a matchup on the outside, uh, we're going to take it and not saying we just dropped back and threw go balls all the time, but they were giving us stuff underneath, uh, different concepts, um, that, uh, we adjusted to and made corrections at halftime that came out with, um, you can watch the game and see what we were thinking, uh, where we liked throwing the ball, who we liked getting the ball to, um, a couple of times uh, on third down, there's a play I'd check, um, just because of the coverage they were playing. Uh, check out a different play. Um, but, you know, I think we knew exactly what they were going, what they were going to do uh, in the game. Uh, we knew we were going to get, you know, four press, four try, uh, cover one, roll to cover three, different things like that. They're going to bring uh, flame pressure. They're going to bring linebackers up. Uh, they're going to bring, you know, five man rushes at times and third and long, they're going to drop eight, you know, different things. Like we knew exactly what they were going to do. So, just understanding what they're doing pre-snap, what they're rolling to or changing into post-snap, and then knowing who I'm reading. That's um, that's all I got to do. And the the position of quarterback can be broken down simply into those rules. And there's obviously tons of things that you can do to speed up those processes for yourself. But it's pre-snap anticipation, post-snap reaction, and then execution. And that's that's literally it. And that's uh, the process that I need to master. This one comes from Dorfan. After the short passing game was successful in the two-minute drive before the end of the first half, was the hurry-up short passing game in the third quarter and part of the fourth quarter a result of reads and throwing to the shorter slash easier throws, or was that the result of an adjustment by the coaching staff? 
Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think the answer could probably be both. I think, you know, the coaches want everything that he's calling to be successful, you know, um, no matter what play it is. So if he feels like, wow, Ken's like really doing well with the quick passing game, you know, we can, we don't have to block their sides up front too long. We got to get their hands down um, and they're giving it to us. Then they're going to call it. Um, I think as the game went on, we saw that we had a lot of opportunities to take those quick game passes and, uh, eventually they started taking them away and that's whenever we had to start, um, running deeper concepts and, uh, they were working for us, whether that be the go balls on the outside, um, uh, different in cuts that we were throwing, uh, that we liked. And I think, you know, it's, it's really whatever we're able to execute. And it looks like one thing's working, um, works, it's going to keep working until it doesn't, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I think the answer could be both. It was, you know, obviously coach saw the success uh, in the two minute drive. Um, and that, and that was just, you know, we knew we had to score. We had to kind of hurry up. So we were pushing the ball down the field. Um, they obviously changed their defense a little bit to try and bend, but not break. Um, I think that didn't work out well, uh, for them. Uh, we took advantage of it, but it was, um, it was definitely a combination of both. Vandy 36 wants to know how was the atmosphere in Fort Collins and how did it affect your approach? And he says altitude and fans specifically. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked like the altitude was kind of a big talking point for everyone. Like, I don't know. It kind of got me worried because I was like, wait, like changing altitude, like affects playing football. <laughs> Cause I, I didn't really know about it. And so I, um, we, we, we had obviously heard about it and there was measures that they had on the sidelines for us. Um, I'm not the one going out and running go balls, you know, so it's, um, it's not really something that they were too worried about me uh, having to deal with. But, uh, coach, we just talked to us. He's like, you train an entire summer out in the heat conditioning, like you're physically ready and don't, you know, everyone's talking about the altitude and whatnot, but don't let that get in your head. Like it's going to change your game. Like we're still playing football and they're not going to be some amazing condition team because we're up in the mountains or whatever, however much higher the altitude is. And honestly, I didn't physically feel a difference. And there's a couple guys that I talked to that didn't feel a difference either. Um, but you know, I, I, I guess it's a thing. Um, I know none of our guys were cramping or short of breath. Uh, we're, you know, a very in shape, physically conditioned team. And um, we take a lot of pride in that, and we use it to our advantage to play a full four-quarter game. And that's exactly what it took uh, on Saturday. And uh, there's another part to the question. What was it? Uh, I think it referred to the fans. You really addressed that earlier in the podcast, but you said they were pretty rowdy in the student section near your bench, I think. Yeah, there was, I mean, throwing towels at us. uh, It was like, I don't know, a group of a group of Colorado State fans that were like calling out my name every now and then and I made the mistake one time of looking back and uh, they're getting after me. <laughs> but you know, it, it it's things like that that uh keep the game fun and uh I can take it. So uh they they definitely got rowdy, but you know, like I said, I think, you know, we fed off of the energy. Um now now the challenge for us is to create our own energy. Like we don't need a Colorado State fan base behind us throwing towels at us to get us going. Like, we get ourselves going. And so that I think that's going to be the goal for us moving forward. 
Door King wants to know what the team did on game day before the game. Game day before the game. So it was a late game, <laughs> right? And uh, I think we had like an um, 8 o'clock wake up, um, breakfast, uh, team meeting, uh, offense-defense meeting. And then we had a, like we call it a shakeout. Um, it's pretty much like um, a quick one-hour practice um, out on a local high school field just to like get our nervous systems warmed up, like shake off uh, the uh, night's rest from last night or whatever. Um, you kind of get the systems going. Uh, we came back, took a shower, uh, had lunch, had some more uh, offense-defense meetings, um, had pregame meal. Uh, then we went to our team meetings and we hit the bus and we made our way over to Colorado State. So uh, one of the interesting things, though, that we do for these later games that we didn't do last year is that uh, little practice shakeout uh, thing for that one hour. Um, it's really neat. I, I actually like it. You know, it's kind of like the, the final finishing touches on everything. Um, and I do feel like physically like it gives me an advantage just to like wake up and like kind of shake off some of like the tired face that I got in the morning, you know, or the bedhead, uh, because it is hard to wake up, um, whenever you sleep in till eight o'clock and you're just going to breakfast and then meetings and there's no really like mental or physical stress on you. I think putting that just a little bit, not, not too much to wear you out, but just a little bit of physical stress before the game, uh, is definitely good for us and I enjoy it, but that's one thing that we didn't do last year. So you're saying you guys got in a sort of a mini practice at a local high school? Uh, yeah, we um we went out to I can't remember I think it was like uh, I don't know Rocky Mountain High School or something like that. Um, but yeah, we we go out there. It's you know we do a full warm up. We're out there sweating, um, running through not running through but like you know kind of half speed jog tempo uh, through plays like just practicing our game day operations. Uh, going through stuff. But, yeah, it, it's really neat, and uh, I like the idea of it. The next question comes from Bandy Nash. How many days after a game does it take for your body to feel normal again from soreness and all those <laughs> things? It's still not there yet. <laughs> I'm still a little sore. I got, like, a big old, like, red mark on my the right side of my body from getting smacked on one play. Um, I mean, there's still some soreness in my neck. Like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't get hit for like, I don't know how long it's been. I think like eight months or whatever since we last played. So the first couple hits to the head kind of like jar my neck. And so my neck gets like really like tightened up the first couple of weeks of the season. And uh, it's really tight uh, yesterday and today. And it's it's just like moving my head, you know, side to side or like shaking it to my shoulders. It's just like it, it's a good soreness. Like I enjoy feeling like my neck soreness and it doesn't last for long. It's only like the first couple games out of the year and then it gets acclimated. Um, but uh, it's one of my better soreness feelings. Um, I like feeling sore after games, you know, it makes me feel like I did something. I know if I'm playing the game right and um, uh, not taking hits uh, I shouldn't feel sore you know be like Tom Brady like you know the goal was to not get hit <laughs> but um, you know I guess I'm not really super worried about how long you know I can play football or as long as I possibly can um, I'm right now just thinking about uh, playing football like I know how to play it and I like playing uh, a little bit more aggressive and uh, 
I like being sore after games, but it, it'll take me probably till tomorrow. Most of it will be gone, but I'd say Wednesday uh, I'll be completely good. Let my uh, my knees get back uh, underneath me. <laughs> no more like joint pain in my knees. I'll probably take some like ibuprofen or anti-inflammatory stuff for that. But um, I yeah, I've already said it, but I like it. <laughs> Vander Lee asks, do you know if Davion Davis played some volleyball? Because I think he had several in-your-face spikes against Colorado <laughs> State. He does that in practice, too, and it's just as frustrating for me. So whenever he does it to the other team, I'm like, thank goodness. Like, it's not just me. Like, at least he's doing it to the other guys. Like, you know, it's like that one, like, really, like, frustrating, annoying guy that just, like, gets under your skin on the defense, like, in practice. And you absolutely hate him in practice, but whenever he's out there on game day, like playing on your side and pissing the other team off, you're like, yeah, let's go. It's one of those things, but he's a playmaker. He's got great ball skills and uh, a great feel for the game and instincts. And uh, he makes those type of plays. And he's been making those against me uh, all spring and uh, all fall. So um, I'm happy for him. He played, he had a good game and um, he's one of the, uh, the senior leaders on this team that uh, I know I look up to and a lot of other guys do. So we really appreciate as hard as he works and as bad as he wants it. Um, but he, he absolutely deserves all this, uh, all the success he's getting. Here's a good follow-up to that. Bobby two times asks who is the biggest trash talker on defense and who is the hardest corner to throw on against on your defense? Ooh, biggest trash talker might be <laughs> it's probably Davian. <laughs> it's probably Davian. Um, him and Anthony Orgy really like to talk a lot, and uh, so there's a couple times uh, we might get get into it every now and then <laughs> whenever we're in like a team compete period. But um, <laughs> they they do like to get after it uh, a little bit. And the best corner, um, it's probably the hardest to throw on. Jalen Mahoney, I think. Um, he, he's a really good uh, cover corner, um, and he, he's another one of those guys that works hard, um, but is definitely one of those uh, likes to work in silence type of guys. He uh, keeps to himself, but um, he's a really good football player. Him uh, and B.J. Anderson, he's a really good corner. I, um, I think he's uh, very tough to throw against. He's got you know, a tall frame, long arms. Um, that, that you know causes problems sometimes, but uh, they're they're both some really good athletes that um, are definitely making it difficult on quarterbacks this season. What's the funniest bit of trash talk you've ever had happen to you, whether it was a practice or a game? <laughs> uh, the funniest bit. <laughs> so there was one one time I don't remember who we were playing, <laughs> but um. There's a video out there of me, like, whenever I was seven years old in second grade, uh, I was bodybuilding. And I guess one of the guys had, like, looked me up or something, found the video, and, like, had mentioned something to me along the lines of, like, uh, you should go back to bodybuilding or something. It, it was just weird. I was like, no way he saw that video. It was actually pretty hilarious. I don't recommend anyone go look that up. So, <laughs> uh, Let's see. Last one from Brain13. What was different about a win, both for you personally and for the feeling in the locker room, the flight home, things girls said to you in class on Monday, et cetera? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, 
the, the, I've already talked about it. The win's a great feeling. Um, it had been a while since uh, I had that feeling, and uh, it is good. It is sweet. Um, as far as the uh, the females go, you know, it's uh, not particularly uh, a huge emphasis of mine right now, especially during the season. I've kind of cut off all communication. I will say, though, um, there's this one girl that didn't – she used to sit with me in class – uh after the first game didn't sit with me all week but today back in class she sat back next to me so i was like huh it's very interesting very uh <laughs> um very on and off with you but <laughs> that i mean there's there's not a lot you know <laughs> i don't pay attention to it your schedule has picked up i know with classes and things what was your day like we're doing this as I'm talking right now, it's 9.17 on Monday night. I presume you'll be in bed not long after we're done here, which is coming shortly. But what has your day been like today? When did you get up? How much time were you in class, practice, those sorts of things? Man, today was, today's been a, a long day. Uh, you know, we obviously didn't get to sleep much uh, on Sunday. I was you know, trying to get back to and all my friends and family that texted me and were calling me about the game and uh, congratulating me. So I honestly probably didn't get to bed till three o'clock. And that's like mountain time, three. So like four o'clock here um, to bed. And we had to wake up at uh, seven, seven fifteen for breakfast uh, on the road at eight. One hour drive to the airport took off at like nine thirty, something like that. Um, I, I took a nap on Sunday, but that was about it. So I woke up at eight o'clock this morning. Um, and I have a class at nine ten, so I kind of tossed and turned for like 20 or 30 minutes before I actually got up out of bed. Um, I went and ate breakfast in a record time, probably like eight minutes. I ate breakfast and then went to my first class at nine ten. Um, I went to class, class goes from nine ten to 10. Uh, I had a meeting with our mental performance coach, uh, Kayleen, um, had a good, uh, good talk with her, uh, from 10 30 to 11. Um, after that, I went and got some lunch and went into the academic center where I got to do some homework for an hour. Um, then I had another class at 1245, uh, 1245 to like, or 1240 to 1:30 was the class. As soon as class was over, I had to go get ready for workout. Workout started at 215. So I left class, got dressed for my workout, workout from 215 to 3. Um, then we have meetings from three to six, uh, dinner from six to seven, um, and dinner, like we, as uh, being a part of the captain's like council or whatever you call it, we, um, we eat with coach Lee and we kind of talk about, uh, the week, the preparation, uh, administrative things really, um, about the team that we like, don't like, we want to fix. Um, and then we had a, a walkthrough, uh, out on the field from seven to eight. So. Uh, after walkthrough, uh, got showered up and, uh, I'm actually still at the facility right now. I'm going to try and get some homework done and, uh, watch some film and hopefully I plan on being in sleep around like 11 or 12 tonight. So I get to do it all again tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Um, yeah, the boy, it, the days just for you guys are just so demanding. I don't know how you guys do it sometimes. <laughs> it's what I live for. You know, I was born for this. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh I, yeah. Hey Ken, seriously though, congratulations on your your win. Uh I know that was something that you guys earned that you're proud of. Before you go tonight, tell folks where they can follow you on social media. 
Yep. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Ken Seals QB. Uh, and look me up on Instagram. It's currently uh, going crazy right now. I've been getting notifications this entire time, but uh, at Ken underscore Seals 8. So uh, hit me up. <laughs> hey, Ken, thanks so much. Good luck to you against Stanford next week. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Chris. See y'all. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, VandySports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VandySports.com. Follow me at ChrisLee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.